0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Average Review. Oh wow, October 17th. You know what? Why not? Today of all days, I'm going to do that one episode that I promised some of us, even myself, to do when I literally just like told like a couple episodes uh, into the month. So, the movie I'm going to talk about is Sleepy Hollows. 1999 uh, psychological thriller Horror directed by Tim Burton based off of the old short story Legend of Sleepy Hollow Of course I don't have to explain who stars in it a little But just in case just a bit of a recap Of course we have Johnny Depp being Ichabod Crane uh, Christina Ricci being a Van Tessel uh, Casper Van Dien being over a fiancé Love interest so to speak Christopher Lee, the like great Christopher Lee, um, being of the judge, and the Ventessels as uh, Miranda Richardson, and Michael Gambon, uh, if no one understand, understand that reason I said, uh, because he was, a uh, Professor Dumbledore, and, Harry Potter's movies, not in the first two, because that was, uh, a rightful uh, place for the, uh, start star of, uh, Lawrence of Arubier. Uh, the name escapes me. But uh, back to the movie. It's basically based off the short story of The Legend of the Sleep Hollow, where it deals with an Haitian trooper who gets beheaded, becomes unalive, uh, because his head falls off of his shoulder by a cannonball and to that very day his head is never found ever again Or uh, so the story goes and then uh of course it turns into a tale for Ichabod Crane uh being of a schoolmaster uh from Connecticut who finds himself lodged in uh Sleepy Hollow to you know have rest and all of a sudden uh return the favor uh, to his lodgers, uh, which is a nice family, uh, that he would uh, help out with the chores uh, as long as they give him room and board. Oh boy, those back in the day was fun back then. But even so, um, the story goes is that one night he is partying up with everyone in town and uh, supposedly fancy a Van uh, Christina, uh, Kathrina, I think is the name, and she is being enthralled by Ichabob, and her boyfriend, fiancé, Brom. You might want to forgive me, because this is literally what I remember off of the, um, uh, the, uh, Walt Disney version, was, was, uh, case in, and I'm gonna go this too, Uh uh, Mr. Toad and Tales, something like that. It's an animated uh, short that is fantastic. It, it does bring the horror collection to a uh, wonderful close for it. But it was also based off a short story. So back to the movie, uh, the 1999. Uh, we have a... And, and I can't believe they did this because this was Tim Burton's work. They turn Ichabod into a forensic investigator... If you will, uh, back then. And in uh, 1790, actually. So this is 1799, so to speak, uh, when this story is portrayed. And Ichabod is an investigator for the cops, more like a scientist. And he's been told to head over to Sleepy Hollow because there is a crime or something weird happening and needs of his help, which in truth, they're basically get rid of him and put him in another place, that his skills could be more adverse or to, um, to acquit it himself. So, of course, he, he goes to town. And he is literally uh, interrupting a celebration of sorts uh, for festivals and all that. And who to his surprise to meet is Katrina Ventessa. Which is a, uh, which is Christina Ricci's uh, character. And it's like literally having her portrayed as his love interest in the movie. Whereas Brom, played by uh, Casper Van Diem sees this and be jealous about and of course uh, our first victim uh, is of a, uh, of a I believe a lover or sorts and it's found beheaded uh, which uh, luckily our uh, council of members uh, I've only known that uh, Michael Gauch, uh who played Penny Penny uh, Pennyworth, Alfred Pennyworth from the Batman movies. He's one of the elders. Uh, sadly, I think that was his only time I remember hearing uh, about his role in one. Uh, there was another person who actually came from Beetlejuice. Uh, was also part of that membership. As well as Michael Gamby, Gambon and uh, Ian uh, McDiamond. Uh, for that actor, you have to understand. This man portrayed... Senator and Emperor Palpatine In Star Wars And this was like Wow So yeah This man has quite a Tasteful filmology If you have to say it But even so uh, His work is fantastic Uh, His portrayal of Being a demeanor Leadership does play a role In this so keep in mind This is a, a 1999 film the remake or the retelling of the continuation of star wars wasn't going to take until like maybe a decade or two later so back to the film uh we are introduced to another uh, battle or another incident uh that deals with a family uh the only person who gets uh I believe I'm alive and this is probably just the top of my head uh, is a guy uh, not the wife not the child just the guy I think and this entails uh prompts uh Ichabob that this is a um this is something new this is something that I'm not too familiar with and he's finding himself being psychologically pushed, in a way, uh, towards, towards, uh, towards the supernatural, if you will. Something's making him think about his mother, and how things are the way they are, and how weird it is. So, uh, so Ichabod just kind of like, trying to throw it off because it's not trying to impede his, uh, findings, and he, he somehow gets, uh, another knight, uh, in, but this time it deals with a guy and his family, and that's his first introduction against, uh, the horsemen. Now, uh, yes, of course, I'm gonna talk about two roles on this one here because, uh, we're talking about the... Alive version and the unalive version Which uh, For those who don't know But may have known or probably have researched This as much further than I am uh, The person who actually Took over the unalive Horseman Is none other than the great Ray Park And Ray Park's filmology deals with him Being Darth Maul Told from the X-Men And Snake Eyes Uh, For the live action portion. Because of his uh, martial arts skills and his performance. uh, Make him stellar as it is. Uh, He didn't have, at the time, he didn't felt comfortable on doing like speaking roles. Because we're talking about a spiriting actor uh, doing these amazing action feats. So uh, surprisingly, it's a surprise myself. But for the alive version, the uh, one with with his head all of a sudden, uh, yeah, ironically, it is Christopher Walken. It's literally Christopher Walken. So if you look at the movie, uh, then you'll find out. So, of course, uh, now they determine, um, since we're going back to the film, we're now determined that the murderer, if you will, uh, is the actual horseman what part of his tale uh involves with him you know not doing this stuff so uh with everything that's going on they decided to like okay let's uh let's find a way to stop the horseman well how we do that uh he goes visit a witch that gives her like hints like you better find something that will help you in your journey and all that but even so uh he doesn't know what he's looking for and I think he gets spooked because he looks underneath the veil I don't blame him I will get spooked too if I see that face so he in himself realizing that oh my god the supernatural is real I should be careful he uh, then find himself hearing that there's other murders and other craziness so he's like there's gotta be a reason and Sure enough, uh, towards the end of that film, we found out that the Lady Van Tessel was the owner, so to speak, of the uh, Headless Horseman, and she's bidding him to do whatever and anything, and the reason being is because uh, there was like a, a... Pregnancy and something weird was going on, and family was accusing other family, and there was witchcraft among the family. I mean, just to see the performance on the movie alone, that was like, oh wow. But uh, I digress. Uh, so, sure enough, you know, we find ourselves having, uh, Ichabob trying his best to find in a dead tree of all things, the very dead tree that buried the body and the horse of the Headless Horseman with, you know, the, 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 the head being in a bag that, uh, Madame Van Tessel, I forgot, uh, Miranda Richardson's character in there, but we found her, her hand on his head. Prompting to having her being the one in control of the horseman. So he somehow returned the horseman' his head back. Which of course gives us that whole weird CGI look to her, to her and him. More like him. And you know there is a lot of production thing happening. You know, just to, be, to, be, to be more of precise on this, that we uh, we have, like Christopher Walken, with violent teeth, which is not really violent teeth, because if you pause closely, and I've been kind of notified by this one, that if you pause quickly, you find that he actually has his teeth blackened. And right in front of his teeth is the prosthetic teeth that attach themselves to. Uh, which I think it's cute because that's practical use. And not a lot of, like, digital reef defining. So that's like, yes! Uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for practical use. You might want to forgive me on that one. But, uh, this in itself was already, like... You know, this is good. This is great. This is like... You can't get any crazier than the way it is. Because, you know, there is a lot of CG uh, involvement, a lot of visual effects. But, even so, there is also a classic retelling of a classic story. Especially it being horror. So, uh, basically, uh, to end it, uh, he himself uh takes the witch, the one who controlled him, back to hell. And he goes to hell himself because no one's controlling him. He has his head finally. Uh leaving uh, uh Katrina Ventesel uh sole heiress uh to her family's fortune uh leaving our Ichabog uh being of uh, uh finally in and this is how I'm seeing this in the film. He finds himself... In... Some sort of... Um... Uh, a repetitive... Uh... A repetitive circle... If you will... Of torment. That he's seen his mother. He's seen... Her death. He... Wants to... Like somehow... Make it that he didn't do it. But... In a way... He has to remember... That... The reason why he is the way he is is because he had to suffer uh, in the film and that provides us with some sort of uh, closure, if you will, that he feels that uh, anyone who gets close to him would feel despair or macabre, if you will, but he's no longer dreaded uh over his memory of his mother he's now at peace at the end of the film which kind of like in a way uh, bro- uh broken the dark clouds of what he's been through uh to show a remnant of light and sunshine. Because if, you, if, if, if anyone noticed, uh, because this is also part of the storytelling, this is part of the dreary thing. You don't really see, like, a, a blue sky or a clear sky. You just see gloom. You can see uh, soft casting of sun and clouded skies, if you will. So... Uh, that in itself in the storyline, if you will, that plays into the dark and decrepit uh, thoughts of the filmmaker. Uh, Not often you will see this because uh, Tim Burton's films definitely does not have that repetitive, dark, gloomy feel all the time. Uh, You definitely know that it's a Tim Burton film because you notice that there's the darkened eyes. But it's not really because of that, it's more like the style that uh, he adapted, if you will. He adapted it from the uh, cabinet of Dr. Karagari, and uh, in itself it was like, it was a darkened, sunken eye movement that he did, he did it for again, uh, I repeat this in his uh, in these other shorts, the uh, the other episodes that I've done uh, that he is, did it for his shorts, his uh Frankenweenie and, and Vincent uh, I would recommend to get a hold of either the DVD or Blu-ray versions of both, uh, Frankenweenie uh, Nightmare Before Christmas uh uh, basically, almost anything that has Tim Burton in it with Disney. So, yeah, uh, not to mention there was a lot of production uh, deals. Like, uh, how we, uh, how can we not add Christopher Walking in there without actually revealing Christopher Walking in there? Or uh, how the marketing uh, for that one uh, was a lot of. Select scenes and not trying to show the actual, like the horsemen of all things, uh, because if you also notice uh, in a bunch of trailers, uh, you don't really see it's actually Sleepy Hollow. You just know that it's a Johnny Depp film, directed by Tim Burton, and and this is a quote too, and uh, not much of a quote, but. I mean, you just stare at at the trailers, and you know it's already dark, gloomy Tim Burtonville. Enough said. You know. So I'm gonna end this episode uh, as I normally do with we'll do a wonderful close. I do thank you guys on listening to this episode. Uh, it's it's a definitely change of pace because I really feel like I've drawn on more on talking about a series of films in a matter of minutes comparing to a main focus one like this one so okay i'm gonna try my best to do more than just like a single focus but also uh a multiple focus kind of way so uh hopefully that would be sometime soon but again i do thank you for listening and as always have a good one Mm -hmm. until next time see ya Hey guys, I want to thank you for uh, listening uh, to my podcast. I'm also no, known to be over at not only Spotify, but as well as, oh wow, I'm also on Spotify, Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast and public, uh, radio public. So, yeah, if you guys, uh, want to keep, on uh, listening, uh, besides me covering certain stories, uh, just shoot me a message on my review page, uh, over at anchor.fm slash, uh, forward slash Edward Castro five. That is, uh, C-A-S-T-R-O. And as a joke, no relation.